Hey, it's Michael, and this is the Kintsugi Podcast. I'll be back in a minute with today's conversation about resilience. But first, if you're interested in creating a better life, having a better career, please visit kintsugipodcast.com and grab your free workbook on how to have a better life. In it, you'll discover tips and routines so you can find the energy for the things and the people who matter most so you can create a better tomorrow and create the life and career you desire. Hey there, it's Michael. I can't wait to bring you this week's conversation about resilience. It's only the second interview in our young podcast history, the Kintsugi Podcast, Conversations About Resilience. And if you've been listening for the last several weeks or have subscribed already, thank you. I'm so grateful for you, probably more than words can say, for being an early adopter to our Peloton, to our message of Kintsugi. And today's guest, in my humble opinion, is awesome sauce. Her spirit who she is fits perfectly with the message of the Kintsugi podcast, with Kintsugi art, that we may have scars, we may break, but we can come back even better. That our scars tell this wonderful story, this beautiful story about who we are. And that's exactly what we talk about. And her definition of resilience, what she hopes comes from this moment in time, and how to manage our stress better and our inflammation better so we can live happier, healthier lives. She's so wise. I know you're going to love her warmth and her energy. I first met her through a group called Unfair Advantage put together by Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb. I'm not sure what Chris and Jen do, but they have this wonderful ability to bring together warm, real difference makers, entrepreneurs, corporate leaders, people with a message that needs to be heard. And that's when I first met our guest. They're all successful, all the people in Chris and Jen's group. If you measure success only by money, but you know this about me, I don't measure success that way. I want people to become wealthy starting from the inside out. And our guest today is all that and more. She's a Colorado-based wellness coach, but she has this personal story of resilience that has informed her work today, her passion. Her name is Julie Michelson, and she is just, as I said, awesome sauce. And her wisdom is something worth listening to. And she's the type of person worth following, especially as we go through what we're going through. She's like someone in your Peloton, if you will, that can help you create a better normal. And I hope that we can do that, that we may break, we might scar, we might have a blemish or two or an additional gray hair as we go through this coronavirus. But on the other side, we can build something even better. We can create a better tomorrow. So please take a listen to our conversation about resilience with Julie. I hope you'll share it with someone in your Peloton. And I hope you stay with us to the end where I share a little bit more about how you can reach Julie and connect with her. Enjoy the conversation. Hey, Julie, it's Michael. How are you doing? I'm well, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so looking forward to our conversation. I'm sure it's beautiful in Colorado with blue skies, sunny, sunny out. So how is it in Colorado today? Exactly how you just described it. Sunny and blue skies. It's beautiful. So as someone who lives in New Jersey that has a few gray skies, 
every now and again. Do people in Colorado, do you ever get tired of blue skies and sunny days? <laughs> does it ever get old? It does not ever get old. Um, I will say with the blue skies come rapid, frequent weather changes. So we never get bored of our weather here, um, but we certainly have a short tolerance for clouds. All right. All right. Well, let's dive into our conversation because when we met through the great folks at Unfair Advantage and we got to know each other, I thought your story, actually, I know your story and I can't wait to share it with the listeners, just fits into the whole spirit of the Kintsugi podcast that we are, we go through our tough moments, but we come out of them even stronger. We may be broken, but we can come back better, that our scars and our gray hairs and our wrinkles and blemishes are part of our beautiful. And so I know your story, but the listeners don't. So I was hoping you could share a little bit about your backstory and lead us up to today. Absolutely. My pleasure. I was found myself getting sick about close to 17 years ago now. And within the first year, found out um, was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And at the time, I was a newly divorced single mom of three young kiddos and was given no hope at my time of diagnosis of getting better, there was only hope of declining as slowly as possible. That was, and that's from the doctors. That was what I was told. And so like a good girl, I took my medications um, and believed them that there was nothing I could do on my end and continued a journey of decline for 10 years. So one question I had for you is when you mentioned rheumatoid arthritis, a lot of people who watch a lot of TV see commercials for rheumatoid arthritis all the time. Yes. It seems like there's every other commercial is about another drug for rheumatoid arthritis, RA as they call it, which is different yes. than OA. Like, what does it feel like to live with RA? I, I was hoping you could put a little bit more context behind that for people who just see the commercials and they wonder like, what's that drug for? And why would someone take it after they learn about the side effects? When you hear the end of the commercial, yeah. <laughs> so interesting that you mentioned that because when those commercials first hit the television, my kids were of an age where they could see them. And I, at the time, I was taking some of those medications um, and that, you know, the perspective shifted when the kids hear like, oh, this might kill you. <laughs> why would you take it? Um, I was deeply to the bone exhausted and in constant chronic pain, which meant that not only was it difficult to participate in simple, you know, life activities, but sleeping was painful. Like, you know, I didn't get a break from my pain in my sleep. Um, I liken it to, I try to tell people, it's like you have the flu every day. Um, and, and those are the good days. <laughs> so... So I was taking some of those medications um, and I ended up on 10 of them by the end of that first 10 years. And they weren't working in the sense that I didn't feel better. You know, I still was declining. My life got smaller because I just didn't have the energy to participate in as much. And I saved all of my energy for, you know, the kids after school hours and nothing was better than bedtime. <laughs> So, and then what, so what then you are living in a very low moment, a lot of pain, yes. a lot of suffering. Yes. What was that moment that shifted things for you where you were, you were like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna necessarily follow the script that the doctors gave me. I want something better, even though I may not know how to go about getting it. What was that moment like? 
for you? That moment was, I credit my daughter, who is my youngest, um, at the time was a younger teenager. And she came to me and she said, Mom, please don't die and leave us. And it was a pretty reality-based fear. My dad had passed away at age 54 and he seemed healthy until then. Um, I was far from healthy. And, and so it wasn't even that I believed I could change my past, but I knew I had to try, right? Like I was afraid I was going to die. She was afraid I was going to die. I had to do something. Um, and that was really the beginning of my healing journey. It was like, well, I don't know if this will work. Just like you said, I, I didn't have the answer or the plan, uh, but I began experimenting and I started with diet change. When you're sharing this, I, like when I look at you now, like in like such beautiful energy and vibrancy and like it's even, it's it's hard for me to imagine like you were that low at one moment in your life and when your daughter comes to you, that is a heavy moment. Like, mom, don't leave us. What do you say in that moment? Because I'm a parent of two daughters and, and we want to try to make everyone feel comfortable. It's going to be okay. <laughs> but, you know, we have our own story in our head and then they come to you almost, I don't, I don't want to say calling you out in the story in your head, but you have this, hey, mom, stay with us. Don't die. What What do you say? Really, the only thing I could say and and stand in a place of honesty was that I would do everything in my power that I could, right? So, you know, couldn't promise I wasn't going to die, but I could promise that I was going to try to figure this out. Not to dive too much deeper into it, but was sure. what was your daughter's reaction to that? Was it like, okay, I can deal with that, mom, or like, all right, I'm behind you or you know, because I've had those conversations coming out of my recovery and my accident with my daughter. So love to hear like what that exchange was like. Yeah, um, absolutely behind me. And and through my wellness journey, I've definitely tried some kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> um, I am very experimental. I identify as a biohacker. So, um, but always supportive, always excited to learn. Um, and I think she could find a little bit of hope in the fact that I wasn't just laying around taking my medication, same old, same old. It's a place yeah. to start. Like, like that's the small yeah. step of all this. When we don't know, try to take a right. small step forward. So one of your small steps forward was to biohack and experiment with diet and nutrition. So then what happened after that? Um, after that, I you know, was everything was incrementally better. You know, my energy was somewhat better. My pain was somewhat better. But the beautiful gift was that my brain fog was somewhat better. So I could learn more. Um, and so I almost as soon as that switch flipped, I went back to school to start my coach training. Um, so that I could help other people figure out, you know, how to find wellness. Um, I started a committed meditation practice, which was huge as far as leaps and bounds of, you know, improvement of my physical symptoms. Um, and then I just continued to fine tune the more I learned about the different lifestyle areas that impact inflammation and health, which educating myself for myself led me to, you know, functional medicine, both for myself and now for my clients. Um, and just this approach of holistic wellness, root cause medicine, and really, I 
it's all about taking your power back. Like I took my power back. I love that. That's like your version of your last bad day story, which the listeners have heard me talk about mine. That day where you say, this is it. I'm going to follow a new script. I'm going to write a new script. Forget about following a new script. It's writing a new script and get your power back. Oh, I I love that. That's so awesome. So I want to go deeper into what we can do now with the wisdom that you have through this whole experience and now as a coach here in a bit. But in the spirit of Kintsugi, the broken pottery that's put back together and it becomes even more beautiful, I always love to ask people about their scars. You know, some scars are emotional, others are physical. But when you think about your scars as another human being, what do your scars say about you? What's that beautiful story your scars communicate out to the world? The first word that comes up when I think of my scars is survivor, right? Right now back to, I know it's not a new theme for your show, resilience, you know, like, yep, I've I've earned all of those (laughs) scars and gray hairs and wrinkles, all of them. And for me personally, when I, when I think of my scars and my story, you know, they have, so directly formed my life. I live every day of my life celebrating those scars and and those stories because they led me to living this life full of passion of helping others do what I did and helping others take their power back. So there's no way I would be where I am right now without those scars. That is so cool. I just, I believe our scars and our blemishes, our gray hairs, especially now with Corona and the fact that a lot of beauty salons are not in business and our gray hairs are starting to shine through. I hope we get to a a point here where we can just fully embrace them and we don't hide behind the filters of social media where it's like we put it all out there because I think they're, I think they're sexy. They think they're beautiful. I think they tell a beautiful story. And I, I love the fact that you reference resilience. So when you think of resilience, how would you define it? I would say it depends on the day and where you are. So sometimes resilience means, you know, taking that tiny unknown step of just doing something, creating that forward motion, um, and then pull the lens back. And resilience means being able to not only get through, but to me, there's this bounce back degree, right? Of uh, there's the and with resilience of being aware that it's made you stronger, led you somewhere better. And we might not feel that in the moment, which is where that just keep taking that one small step. I love that whole concept of and it's such a, the word has such a building energy to it. I want to ask you, because I had this conversation with my oldest daughter, who's about to graduate from college here in a few days, and she's facing probably the toughest job market in obviously in a long time for multiple generations. And we talked about how tough it is. And so for me, as a resilient expert and my story and your story, what I share with her is that sometimes it's hard. Like if you're, if you are your company and your company is who you are to feel human sometimes that everyone expects you to be resilient and be able to like bounce back right away. So I, I was wondering, Joe, do you also feel that? Like, do you have moments where you know, you allow yourself the permission to just be human and it maybe not necessarily bounce back right away to say, okay, I'm going to sort of sit in this moment, sit in the slog. I know I have a resilient superpower. I'm going to be able to bounce back, but just give yourself that permission to be human because things happen to us too. Even those who practice like, hey, fall down seven times, get back up eight. 
Absolutely. And and you touched on something that's so important. I mean, I spend my life in the health and wellness realm, um, as do you. <laughs> uh, but we have to allow the feelings, the process, the whatever the moving through before the bounce back is in order to be our healthiest selves. And so, yeah, sometimes that's a little bit of a longer timetable than we would have chosen. And sometimes I will definitely say, as my perspective changes as I get older, a lot of things are less important than they used to feel. Um, but certainly when I get, I, I call it knock sideways, like you said, I'm definitely getting back up no question. It just might take me a second. So I think that it's not only okay, but I I think that that's something that especially our kids who my kids are about the same age as yours. And I think they are kind of taught, not necessarily from their parents, but from society and school and, you know, brush it off, get back up. But they really need to move through it and allow themselves to feel what they're feeling so that they're not working on that feeling again later. <laughs> I know. I love that. I, I think yeah, in this time, I think for them, for us adults, for us, even with some gray hairs, is to sure. feel what we need to feel so we can handle what we need to handle and understand this is a moment. This is a slog. Be mindful not to give that moment any more fuel than it deserves. You know, sometimes we can stay there too long. This is an an unusual time. No one has a global pandemic playbook. So we have to be open with everything that we're feeling, not to push it down. That's how I was before my accident. I would repress it. I would just put right push all those different emotions down. And eventually they build up and build up and build up. And I like to think that that SUV that hit me knocked all that stuff out of me and gave me a chance to sort of rebuild again. So um, take a look, a different look at how I was living my life and creating my career. So we talked about sort of the stress of this moment dealing with the coronavirus. And I know I've said this multiple times in a couple of webinars with some clients is that I've had more than my fair share of dinners that included Cheez-Its and Pinot. Uh, Pinot Noir. <laughs> so I know this about me, even like health is one of my values. So normally what we eat, movement, the whole jazz, super important. But when I get stressed, I know I eat differently. I crave things that normally I don't crave, like the salty stuff, like the Cheez-Its or the sugary things like the sweets. So, and I know intellectually that's not the right thing to eat at this moment in time, but emotionally it feels like the best comfort food ever. So what advice do you have for folks right now? Because there is so much stress out there and there's so much inflammation with all the adrenaline and cortisol that we are feeling uh, in this moment. What advice would you have for them in this moment in terms of looking at their nutrition and their wellness to get through this this moment in time that that we're all dealing with? Absolutely. Well, you just hit on one of my absolute favorite things in the world to talk about, which is inflammation. Um, And I love that you already set it up that the stress alone is inflammatory, right? So what we want to do is control what we can. um, Because the more inflammation we have, the lower our immune system is going to be. So I'm offering right now for folks to take advantage of, yes, it's stressful and schedules are weird, um, but it's an amazing time to actually put some intention and thought into one of the areas is what you're eating, right? So 
you know, most of us are working from home. And if you're not paying attention, you know, you're going to put on three pounds a week and stay up all night binging Netflix. And, you know, all all of the healthy routines kind of go down the toilet if we're not paying attention. So what people can be doing is, and I'm not, I I never strive for perfection, right? So I'm not going to say, you know, Michael, those cheeses have ruined your life. Don't ever have a cheese it again, right? Like, I I almost err toward the side of like if that's what it's going to take. You know, if you have your cheese its and your pinot, remember that and eat really clean the next day, right? Eat lots of veggies. You want nutrient density right now. We all want to be, you know, have our immune system as optimized as possible, um, and so. The food is definitely an area that you can concentrate on. But again, for those of you in the audience listening that are perfectionists, don't create this another arena of stress for yourself with eating the perfect diet right now. I would rather you eat a better diet and take a little extra time for some self-care. I love that. So Permission to be perfectly imperfect. If I have some Cheez-Its and Pinot, not to beat myself up, but just accept it as, hey, it's like this. I had a moment. The next day, I try to do a little bit better, eating yep. more cleanly with my you know, veggies and fruits and all that jazz. And that's what I've been doing like the thing is is that like again intellectually i knew like all right i can't go much longer on this diet i was able to make a shift um so it's i'm still having my glass of wine at dinner the cheeses are not on the shopping list we bought many more vegetables and we're doing i think i'm doing much better so which is good but that, i think that's that's key though in this moment a lot of times we we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be perfect and follow things very rigidly. And we, we're going to have hiccups. We're, again, we're going to fall down. And when we fall down, it's not an invitation to beat ourselves up for not being perfect. And after all, who, who really gets to decide what perfect is? You know, perfect is, it's in the eye of the beholder. It's, it's art in a lot of ways. It's, um, that's hard to really determine. So to be kind to yourself is what I hear from you, Julie, right? Absolutely. Most especially right now. I mean, of course, my wish for the world would be always <laughs> that we would always remember that. But I, I think we all need a little bit extra of that right now. And and to me, perfection and being human don't go together. Like we're, we're as you said, we're perfectly imperfect. We should just embrace that. Yeah, that's what makes us beautiful. So when you think about this moment, as we go through what now is like, call it eight weeks, nine weeks, 10 weeks, depending on how, how we're counting. And we get through it because we're going to get through this. We are getting through it. What would you like to see coming out of all this on the other side of the coronavirus? I would love to see people focused on their themselves and their wellness. Um, again, every step you could take to optimize your health right now to boost your immune system Those are the same things that I do with people every day to reverse chronic illness. So like there's an opportunity here for us to come out on the other side of this healthier long-term than we ever could have imagined by paying attention right now. I love that. I love that. There's so many people who need your work and we're going to get to that in a second. But as we finish up, any last bit of encouraging sound bites, 
uh, wisdom that you want to offer people because this moment is tough. And I'm not sure, you know, in some circles, we're acknowledging how tough it is. But in a lot of cases, we got our body armor on, we got our mask on, and we're like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I got this. But when we ask that second question on a scale of one to 10, 10 being awesome sauce and one being I'm barely hanging on type of good, we're probably a little south of the number five. So what encouragement do you want to leave listeners with as we go through this moment in time for us? You know, it would honestly, it would be the same whether we were right in the middle of a pandemic right now or not, uh, because the difference is we're in this collective space right now, right? Um, but I think on any given day, in any given year, everybody's going through something. What I want to offer, and it sounds so simple, but is this will get better. You will get through this. You can heal. I love that. I love that. We are going to get through this. We have survived 100% of our bad days. We will survive this bad day. And when we do, we get to create a better normal. We'll have a scar or a wrinkle or a blemish or gray hair, or maybe all of them. And that will tell the story about this moment in time. And we will be stronger because of it. If we choose to be, this is the moment where we get to have some choice in the story that we write. So that's, I love what you just said. So how can folks get in contact with you, Julie, to help lower their stress and inflammation and put their diet in the right direction to help them go through just normal times and that common everyday global pandemic that we seem to be going through right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, real easy to reach out to me through my website, which is juliemichelson.com. And there's no A in Michelson. Um, or Julie Michelson Coaching on Facebook and julie.michelson on Instagram. Very cool. Well, Julie, enjoy the Colorado sunshine and blue skies. I will make a commitment to you to stay off those Cheez-Its. <laughs> and live a healthy anti-inflammatory type of life. So thanks for joining us on the Kintsugi podcast and having a conversation about resilience. Thank you so much, Michael. My pleasure to be here. So until our next conversation about resilience, again, please subscribe if you haven't already and please stay healthy. And of course, have fun storming the castle.